Talk Radio. The top story in the world is not tens of thousands of Palestinian civilians being killed. It's not war in Ukraine. It's not the open borders. It's not all the human trafficking. It's not the insane inflation. It's King Charles has cancer, but no one will say what it is. And it's this big giant secret. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I have something called a memory. And I didn't have to have much of a memory to know what his main diagnosis is. Most of you probably seen Finding Nemo. It's a cute little film. I've got four kids, they all watched it when they were little. And there's a fish called Dory, and it's a real species of fish that has about a 10 second attention span. Goldfish have about 12 seconds. And so it meets the different fish, but a few minutes later doesn't remember who they are. In one scene, sharks are chasing the fish trying to kill it, but 10 seconds later, or 12 seconds later, she forgets and thinks the sharks are her friend. That's how the tyrants win, is short attention spans. But before I give you King Charles's cancer diagnosis, which is hiding in plain view, by the way, and exclusive on that that any idiot could figure out, this guy's dad, Prince Philip, Queen Elizabeth's husband, famously in multiple interviews with Autobahn and AP and Reuters said, I want to depopulate the planet. We should get rid of most people. And, and, and King Charles runs around saying we need a military operation to cut off carbon, fertilizer, and food. That starves people. And then his globalist minion, John Kerry, as the White House climate czar goes around and says, we have to cut food off and cut down farming or we'll starve to death. At this late stage, I can see no other way forward but to call for a martial-like plan for nature, people, and planet. We must now put ourselves on a warlike footing. Emissions from the food system alone are projected to cause another half a degree of warming by mid-century on the current course that we are today. A two-degree future could result in an additional 600 million people not getting enough to eat. And you just can't continue to both warm the planet while also expecting to feed it. They're artificially creating scarcity to consolidate power and control. So this guy is a globalist monster. His family are monsters. And when I go to the grocery store checkout line and I always see the Royal magazines that's not what America is. 1776, 4th of July, is not about hot dogs and fireworks. It's about getting away from the British Empire and the British monarchs, who, by the way, aren't British at all. They're Eastern European Transylvanians. They're not even Germans. Now, let's talk about what he really has. Eight days ago, he went in for surgery for prostate cancer. So why are they announcing now this big mystery, his cancer? Because his brother, Prince Andrew, has been caught with Jeffrey Epstein and going to the island and with the Mossad inside the New York facility and all that's out there. And so he goes in for prostate cancer. He's 70 something years old, very easily to treat. And they hold back on it. It's real news. He's got prostate cancer, probably removed it last week with the surgery. And they spend it about, oh, poor King Charles. No, the, the, the real cancer is King Charles. 
So King Charles doing well after prostate treatment, surgery to remove cancer. That's what he has, ladies and gentlemen. He had prostate cancer removed eight days ago, but the public doesn't have a memory, so we're not talking about it. It's being put out to make us feel sorry for him and forget about his brother in Epstein Island. But forget his brother in Epstein Island. That's bad enough. What about Jimmy Savelle and King Charles? Look into Jimmy Savelle. If I told you half of what I know about Jimmy Savelle, you wouldn't believe it. Satanic rape rooms, sex with dead children, running children over the cars in the middle of the street, the highest level security clearance in the UK to King Charles, and all the sycophants wishing him good health and all this crap. Another psyop for this monster. Oh, poor King Charles has cancer. We're not going to say what it is. It's a big mystery. It's Tuesday, February 6th, in the year of 2024. And you're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. I think it's time to blow this thing. Get Good morning, stuff. ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The American Journal. I am your host, Harrison Smith. We have a very big show for you today. Lots of stories to cover, of course, as always. Lots of videos to get to as well. We're going to try to get to, yeah, we're going to try to get to a lot of these videos. And we'll be joined by uh, Lisa Logan in the second hour. Talk about social emotional learning. Yet another acronym of doom. S-E-L. S-E-L-D-E-I. It's we're being drowned by acronyms. So yeah, we have a lot to talk about. Uh, big story still today continues to be the bill from yesterday, the uh, big border, the big border bill, Chuck Schumer's treasonous scam. Still on the top of mainstream news sites. We're not going to talk too much about that since we covered it thoroughly yesterday. And we have a lot more to get to. So let's just get into it. Here it is, your Daily Dispatch. Here it is, folks, your Daily Dispatch for Tuesday, the 6th of February, 2024. Breaking from Postmillennial yesterday, Weaponization Committee reveals Amazon censored books critical of COVID vaccines at the request of the Biden White House. It has been revealed that Amazon censored books critical of COVID-19 vaccines at the behest of the Biden administration. The findings were uncovered by the House Subcommittee on the Weaponization of Federal Government and relayed to the public via X by Chairman Jim Jordan saying, quote, never before released internal emails subpoenaed by the Judiciary Committee revealed that Biden White House pressured Amazon to censor books that expressed views the White House did not approve of, Jordan said. The demands were made by a senior Biden official named Andy Slavitt. Uh, Jordan explained that on March 2nd, 2021, Slavitt, quote, fired off an email demanding to know who he and his White House colleagues could talk to at the company about high levels of propaganda and misinformation and disinformation of Amazon. He revealed that in order to weed out books that considered propaganda and misinformation, the White House, quote, ran keyword searches for controversial topics such as vaccine and emailed Amazon when it didn't like how the search results appeared. 
Amazon, he added, was initially apprehensive, but only because it would be too visible to Americans and cause a fuss in conservative media. Ah, those darn conservative media pundits with their antiquated notions of free speech and not burning books. Really incredible. Amazon, he added, was initially apprehensive because it would be too vi- it would be too visible. Don't you don't you love don't you love the moral rigidity of our great corporations and government? It's just like we know it's wrong. It's obviously wrong. Of course it's wrong. But we're happy to do it. Just we let's do it sneakily. It's like, oh, you want us to do this thing that's just vehemently against our most basic founding principles, just like the the bedrock of everything that we consider ourselves free speech, open society. It's like, we're perfectly willing to abandon that completely. We're perfectly willing to participate in open, blatant government sponsored censorship. Let's just do it sneakily. Let's just do it quietly and underhandedly. Okay. Let's just make sure that when we do things that would outrage the American public, we do it in a conspiratorial sort of clandestine way. Okay. Cause we're the good guys after all. And we're going to talk a lot more about censorship moving forward. It is one of these ironies of the modern world, I guess, where you'll have every, you know, Every month, it seems, there's like, it's banned book week. Come see the books that they want banned. And it's just like Harry Potter or like Anne Frank's Diary. And it's just like, what? Oh, you mean the books that I was required to read in middle school? What do you mean these are banned? These aren't banned books. And then now, of course, it's it's expanded now to where when they say banned books, what they mean is uh, hardcore pornography that people don't want shown to their children. And that apparently is beyond the pale. But when you have the government actively compelling the number one bookseller on earth to get rid of books that they find inconvenient to their narrative, well, that's just, I mean, that's just called trusting the science, I guess. It's all absurd. Uh, there's, I think there's a skit in there somewhere where it's like some liberal being like, this is Banned Books Week, where we stand up against the censorious people trying to just mind Kampf and just like all of the, the actual banned books that you actually can't get anywhere. You know, like history books that tell you about Africa before Europeans arrived. Things like that. It's hard to, you can't actually find those. Those are actually banned. So, well, again, we'll get into the, the weird, the strange and bizarre and dishonest dichotomy of people who claim to hate censorship and celebrate the so-called banned books while simultaneously actively banning books. I mean, I, I don't know uh, how much more of this we have to point out, but at this point, uh, I don't know if there is an outlet or a method for pushing information in existence that the House Subcommittee on the Weaponization of Government has not found the government to be censoring. I was a little bit jumbled. They're censoring everything is what I'm saying. It's books on Amazon. It's posts on social media. It's videos on YouTube. It's websites that go against what they say. It's news outlets like VDARE that are being shut down by Letitia James, the AG in New York, um, because apparently that's something we do in America is uh, litigate 
information outlets out of existence because this is the brave new world that we're entering into. So whether it's physical literature that they don't want you to read or posts on the Internet that they want censored out of existence, the government is coordinating all of this. They're compelling these companies to do it. They're wielding whatever power they have, whether in the judiciary to launch fake lawsuits or in the executive to bring pressure to bear however they feel like it. Uh, They are silencing dissent piece by piece, little bit by little bit. You're being censored from not just speaking your mind and saying the truth, but also from hearing views from other people and you know, it would it would really be nice if uh, the liberals and the leftists and the people that run this country and make up a huge portion of our fellow citizens just had the bare minimum principle, just just principles as a concept. It would just be really nice. They had just a modicum of that. These same people that will just like scream and cry and tear their hair out, claiming to despise censorship are the ones pushing censorship. So they believe nothing. This is just, they're just, it's just power games. You're just power mad, psychopath, censorious tyrants. And that's what we're dealing with. And it's uh, not very subtle. So again, we'll get into that a little bit more later, but moving on here, King diagnosed with cancer. Buckingham Palace says, King Charles has been diagnosed with a form of cancer. The type of cancer has not yet been revealed. It is not prostate cancer, but was discovered during his recent treatment of an enlarged prostate. As you just saw in that first five-minute video, they did, in fact, report that he had been treated for prostate cancer. So I'm not sure what's going on here. The monarch, 75, remains wholly positive about his treatment and looks forward to returning to full public duty as soon as possible. Yes, the, the UK, I imagine, is screeched to a halt as the king is no longer able to perform his duty of... Um, no, he's, uh, the king is not able to actually do the things that he does, like... Uh, no, uh, no, there's got to be something, right? No, there's something this guy does. It's not prostate cancer. It is not butt cancer. They're telling us. Well, it's probably a different type of butt cancer, like colon cancer. Different. It's okay. right next to the prostate. Uh, there's various things in the butt that can all have cancer, and one of them does, I guess. It's, uh, yeah, okay. So there's that. All right. King's got cancer. Moving on. EU chief bows to protesting farmers on pesticide use. U.S. chief Ursula von der Leyen on Tuesday recommended the bloc bury a plan to cut pesticide use in agriculture as a concession to protesting European farmers. The original proposal put forward by her European commission as part of the European Union's green transition has become a a symbol of polarization, she told European Parliament in Strasbourg, France, noting that the plan to have the chemical pesticide use by EU by the end of the decade has also stalled discussions in the Parliament and in the European Council representing EU member countries. Van der Leyen said she would ask her commission to withdraw the proposal. With far-right and anti-establishment parties, which are predicted to make significant gains in June's European elections, latching onto the farmers' movement, the environment debate has turned politically explosive. Last week, 1,300 uh, tractors clogged the area around a EU, uh, EU summit in, in Brussels, forcing their revolt to the top of the leader's agenda and resulting in a number 
of other concessions, especially in France. Protests were continuing on Tuesday, including in the Netherlands, and demonstrations were called for outside the parliament in Strasbourg. So, yes, the farmer revolt is really exploding internationally. Farmers in Belgium, in France, in Germany, in Ireland, all in the Netherlands, all rising up against the uh, forcible shutdown of our food systems. And again, we'll get into this a little bit more later as once again, you know, we're just confronted with the just abject absurdity of the climate change agenda. It's, it is, it is legitimately crazy. It's legitimately crazy. And it's kind of funny. I mean, some of these things, it takes them like a a couple years to come around to the, the obvious stupidity of some of these programs. Like we reported on it when it first happened. We were one of the first outlets to even notice what was going on. And I did a report back in like 2018 or something, five years ago, five years down the line, when you realize how utterly stupendously retarded it all is. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to start, stop using that word just as soon as they stop giving me reasons to. Finally, we have this story, and you you got to love this. Swedish prosecutor plans Nord Stream blast decision this week from Reuters. The prosecutor leading Sweden's probe into the Nord Stream gas pipeline blast in the Baltic Sea in 2022 plans to announce a decision this week on whether to drop the case, press charges, or request that someone is detained, his office said on Monday. The statement confirmed an earlier report by Swedish Daily Expressen. It was not immediately clear which day the announcement would be made, a spokesperson for the prosecutor's office said. But we've basically already seen the uh, result of this. And they basically have said that they've come up with nothing. Like they just, they're like, we are done. Wait, what, what, how do Swedish people sound? Sweden? We are done with the uh, uh, investigation and we found nothing. So case closed. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> Wonderful. Glad, glad we spent a couple years looking into that. Uh, it was America. Uh, prob- you know, Mystery solved. There it is. It was America. Remember when the uh, Polish parliamentary member tweeted out, thanks America, with the picture of the Nord Stream pipeline being destroyed? Yeah, it was, uh, it was us. It was us. Or as a coalition that we were, we were headed. We were heading. And, of course, uh, it, that, that makes things a little bit complicated. The last people they tried to blame it on, first they tried to blame it on Russia, People pretended to believe that for some unknown reason, since it just makes no sense at all. But the latest thing that they tried to convince everybody of was that it was Ukraine who did it. As if Ukraine does anything, not prompted, directed, funded, and organized by the United States. They don't. It was us. But even if it was Ukraine, that makes things a little bit complicated because, you know, the Nord Stream pipeline, the main beneficiary of that, in addition to Russia making money sending the oil. It was Germany who uh, you know, benefited from that pipeline and other European countries, which would mean that if Ukraine attacked it, then that would be a non-NATO member attacking a NATO member, which would invoke Article 5 and mean that NATO was supposed to actually go to war with Ukraine if these treaties meant anything at all. If the 
international rules-based order was anything other than an obvious facade, a, a scam on the rest of us. So yeah, that's it's, it's just all so dumb. Everything, 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 everything. It just goes on and on and on. And I want to take a moment here. We got a lot of news to discuss. Uh, you know what? I, I don't know if I'm going to have time to do it. I'm definitely not going to have time to play the whole video. But we'll go ahead and start it. Uh, let's go to clip number seven. This video has gone pretty viral. And it's a user on TikTok. And uh, he's talking about his awakening. Awakening to reality. Basically saying that his entire mindset has been utter, utterly changed as a consequence of simply trying to see the world from the other side. It's informative to me because it gives me just a, just a glimmer, just a little, a little hint of hope that maybe all is not lost. So let's, let's go to this video, and we'll stop it and comment on it, and we'll try to be nice. Uh, here is a video called The Awakening by somebody on TikTok called uh, Jaded J or something. Let's watch. Well, I woke up, like officially woke up. I've been thinking that I was, you know, awake and seeing the world for what it really was for a long time. And I've been kind of, I'll, I'll occasionally be the person online that'll be like, you know what? Like, wake up, like see what's actually happening in this world. And I had no idea. <laughs> I legitimately had no idea. And it all started with me kind of coming to the realization that 50% of this country has a completely different way of viewing the world than me. And I've always kind of had this idea that it was because they were being lied to or they were being manipulated or they were evil or they were stupid. That's the reason why they're able to vote for the person that they're voting for in spite of all of the really scary things that are happening in the world. And I, I realized that it cannot be true. It cannot be true that every single one of these people falls into one of those categories. And maybe they're voting for the person that they're voting for with all of those dangers or the scary things, either because A, they don't see them or because the things that they see on my side are scarier to them than the things that are happening on theirs. And that really made me start to question because I'm personally not really afraid of, I haven't been afraid of much from my political party. And I was like, what are they seeing? And so I really made it a mission of mine to at least, I wasn't going to uh, agree with what they were seeing, but I wanted to understand it. And so I kind of went out on this mission to try to start understanding what they were seeing that was so scary to them or something that was so, had such a substantial aversion that they were willing to vote for someone that I deemed to be evil. All right, let me just pause it real quick. And now I want to say this guy never actually gives specifics. And he, he I, went, I went on his TikTok and was looking at his comments and stuff. And, and, you know, he basically was like, I just wanted to make a video that everybody could agree with. So he, he doesn't ever say, like, I'm a lefty and I woke up and started looking at people on the right. He always sort of leaves it vague. But is there any question? Is there any question as to which side he was on when he says, like, he literally has no idea why his opponent, you know, the people on the other side believe what they believe? He has no idea what they're even scared of. He's completely ignorant to anything that they believe. Is it, is it any question as to whether he's on the left or the right? People on the left 
have no intellectual curiosity about what people on the right believe. They don't know. They don't care. It's not fed to them. They're not going to go out and look for it. So they don't know. This is the issue. See, we don't have to wonder what people on the left believe because the left controls the entirety of mainstream media and it's constantly shoved down our throat. So like this doesn't even make any sense if he was on the right wing, like, and you'll never see a video like that where it's somebody on the right being like, oh, I finally looked into what the left believes and it turns out they're right. Like that's never, ever, 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 ever going to happen because here in America, in the modern day, you have to I mean, you have to hear what the left believes. You constantly hear what the left believes. It's shoved down your throat on a continual basis always. So everybody knows what the left believes. The left has no idea what the right believes. And unless they go out of their way to try to figure it out, they'll never learn. So just he never actually specifically says which side he's on or which side he's moving to. But it's obvious from the way that he talks about it. And I just, I think that's an interesting aspect to this, but let's go back. Again, this guy did the right thing. He actually looked into what the other side believes, which is, which is a healthy thing to do, especially when your side is just awash with the biggest lies humanity's ever told. Uh, Let's go back to uh, the, the, the awakening here. And I started by kind of dipping my toe in the pool by listening to, um, it's kind of like a documentary. And it was it was a very simple idea, asking a very simple question, and people were not able to answer. They were not able to answer a very simple question, something that should be easy to answer if you're willing to formulate a worldview around it. And and I'm looking at these people as like, I mean, you're you're either at a rally or you're a specialist in the field. Why are you not able to answer these simple questions? And it really started to make me think. You know, uh, what if there's and that's where the problem started. Uh, I started to think, and, and the like, whole leftist paradigm came crumbling around, all around him. He just started to think for a single second, and suddenly his entire worldview was shattered. We'll be back on the other side. Please go to InfoWarsStore.com and get amazing products like Next Level Foundational Energy. I don't have time to tell you about it. Just go research it. It is incredible. Just get it, and you will be amazed. And then at least you know you're funding the operation. Get a copy of my book. That keeps me on air. Signed or unsigned. Fundraiser's the signed copy. The Great Awakening. The plan to defeat the globalists and launch the next renaissance. Infowarsstore.com or 888-253-3139. In a galaxy of endless energy needs, the power of TurboForce rises above the rest. The force that propels you to tackle your day and face the dark side of fatigue. TurboForce ensures you stay sharp, alert, and at the top of your game. Don't let fatigue pull you into the dark side. Be the hero of your own saga. Harness the power, feel the rush, and take control with TurboForce. Visit InfoWarsStore.com today, and may the TurboForce be with you. Infowars.com is tomorrow's news today. Putting the power of conversation into the caller's hands. You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Welcome back, folks. I want to go back to this video here. Again, this video has gone pretty viral over the last few days from a guy named uh, on TikTok, something like Jaded with Jay or something like that. He's a um, paramedic, actually. I, I went and watched some of his videos and 
again, he, he keeps things intentionally vague. So he doesn't want to, I mean, he's a, he's a former liberal. He knows how it works. Yeah. Jaded with Jay. So he, uh, he knows that if you do something, if you say like, I watched a documentary called what is a woman with Matt Walsh, then you, you've activated the, whatever code in the NPC algorithm that's like, be outraged, outrage, outrage. And he's just trying to avoid the outrage trigger. So he doesn't actually say the names of the things that he's talking about, but it's pretty obvious. He's talking about what is a woman? Very simple question that nobody can answer despite having their entire lives and identities involving this concept. So I think it's pretty obvious what he's talking about there, but he continues. And again, it's, the reason I, I like this is because it illustrates like how they have succeeded and they've succeeded by somehow. And again, I don't, I don't even understand the sort of whatever occult mind control methods that they use to get people to go along with this. You, the leftists, they cannot let themselves think about what's going on. They can't let themselves actually consider the things they believe in any, at any depth or, or with any sincerity because everything they believe is predicated on just hollowness, just nothingness. It's just there is no foundation to their beliefs. And so somehow they've convinced everybody that if you even give consideration to the other side, you're a traitor and you're falling for some sort of trick. That is the trick. The trick is to convince you to not look at both sides of any issue because the instant that you do, it becomes obvious that one side is just the mouthpieces of propaganda. It's that classic uh, meme that's started going around. That is just amazing where it says, you know, when you're arguing with a liberal, just remember that you're arguing with the TV and the TV can't hear you and doesn't care. That's that is, those are liberals. Like they, they aren't, making decisions for themselves. They aren't actually coming to reasonable conclusions that they can argue, which is why they have to shut you up. It's why they have to censor you. It's why they have to demonize even consideration for your beliefs. It's why when Tucker Carlson goes to interview Vladimir Putin, people on the left and right, people who are, you know, establishment figures basically say, don't let him back in the country. How dare you even suggest that we listen to a person before going to war with them? They somehow have Americans limiting their own perspective, limiting their own cognitive landscape. And I don't understand how or why. I I don't understand how every liberal doesn't go through a process like this guy at some point. Like, is there nothing in them that just has the slightest bit of curiosity that says, now, why do they believe this? Because, again, all we do is explore the leftist landscape. All we do is read articles from leftist newspapers and discuss how ridiculous they are and, and, you know, dissect their beliefs, go through them with a fine-tooth comb. They cannot do that. They cannot do that. They have to see the right wing as caricatures. The only thing like they think they know what the right wing believes because they hear the parody of right wingers on Saturday night live. And they think that that's legit. So again, let's just go back to uh, this guy again. The, the video in case you're a radio listener says 
uh, I'm in a cult or I was in a cult at the very top. So let's go back to this uh, guy jaded with Jay. And so I talked to a friend of mine who is someone on the opposite side of the political party who recommended a book to me. And this friend of mine is someone that I really don't agree with, but I still respect as a person. Someone that we can still, as long as we don't talk politics, we can still hang out and have a really good time. And I trust that they would never do something to actively hurt me. And they recommended this book to me and I ordered it. I started to read it and I literally got maybe a paragraph in and I shut, I shut it. I was like, I can't read this. This is, this is the worst. This is an evil person saying evil things. And I felt personally attacked by this book. And I closed it and I was like, why can't I read this? I tried to open it back up and I just couldn't. Like there was like a mental block. I could not read it. And I started thinking to myself, like, why can't I? And so little bits at a time, sometimes a paragraph, sometimes a page, I forced myself to read this book. And as I went through it, I've been, you know, told in my head that this is an evil person, you know, pushing an evil agenda. And as I read it, I was like, this is not an evil person. This is someone that's speaking with compassion. Someone that is trying to actively warn people that they don't even agree with, that have a completely different worldview of true dangers within the the ideology that they have, their political affiliation. And it was really, really hard. Like, I cannot stress how hard it was for me to get through this book. Every fiber of my being fought against it. And, you know, it t- I usually read a, a novel in, you know, a couple weeks. Um, I read a lot. And this book took me months to get through. And it was for that very reason. I was like, I'm already so emotionally stressed out and like physically uncomfortable all the time that I couldn't in my free time make myself feel that voluntarily. But I was on this mission to understand, to figure out why we're moving in such different directions and why we can't talk to each other anymore. And as I got through this book, my worldview just started getting holes poked in it. And I started kind of looking at things from a different perspective, seeing things that I didn't really even know were occurring, threats to our society that I didn't know were there. And it was really, really hard. Like I I was so confident that I'm on the right side of history, looking over at other people and being like, how are you doing what you're doing? And I was at, at that moment, I started entertaining the idea of what if I'm wrong? What if I'm wrong? And so I fought and I fought and I started listening to people that I had deemed evil. People that I said, this is this person over there. They're actively manipulating people or they're just flat out intolerant or evil or whatever. And while I think some of those things are true because I've seen the videos and the content of them being those things. But as I listened more and more and forced myself to listen, I realized that there was more to it, that not everything that they were saying was evil. And as I began listening and opening my mind to the possibility that I might be wrong, that was when it really changed for me. I started actually seeing wholesome content. I started seeing, you know, people speaking with compassion and just like, what is this country becoming? And how are we going to, how are we going to let it happen? And when are we going to say enough is enough? And it just, it started to tear down my entire world, the way that I saw everything. And while my personal beliefs didn't change that much, the way that I saw the world and the dangers that I saw substantially changed. 
And not only was I looking at a boogeyman in front of me who had captured my attention for a long time, I started looking behind me to the people that I've been defending and saying, holy crap, you have gone insane. You've gone insane. And like, I didn't personally feel like I've become a radical person, but I realized that I've been supporting radical ideas and radical people. And just flat out ignoring the dangers that the most extreme parts of my political party were posing on society. And when I'm thinking to myself, what do they see over there that scares them so much that they're still willing to vote for the person that they're willing to vote for? It's because they saw that. And I haven't. I haven't been looking. So again, this full video is like 10 minutes long. I, I don't know. I'll see. If, I don't know if you guys want to go back to this. I, I think it's amazing, though. I mean, this it's like... It's like a ray of hope. It's like a glimmer of hope. Just one, just one leftist realizing that they're in a cult, essentially, and that merely opening your mind to the possibility that maybe the other side isn't cartoonishly evil just shatters their entire worldview, just utterly demolishes everything they believe. It's sick. Cellular damage from a type of free radical known as reactive oxygen species can cause decreased cellular function. DNA Force Plus contains what are believed to be the most beneficial ingredients to remedy this. Now 40% off at InfoWarsStore.com. The main ingredient in the real red pill plus is pregnenolone, which occurs naturally in our body, but decreases with age. Low levels of pregnenolone are associated with fatigue and low brain function. The real red pill plus is also full of essential trace minerals to synergistically support optimal cognitive function. Now 40% off at InfoWarsStore.com. Get them both today at 50% off. The Supercharged Special. Support your health and support the InfoWar at InfoWarStore.com. The eugenicists over 100 years ago were very public about their plans. They financed major universities. They ran full-page stories and advertisements pushing their propaganda in the New York Times, other major newspapers. That the family as we know it is a bad thing and must be ended. And the first step in that is getting women out of the household and teaching women that cooking dinner and taking care of your sons and daughters and husbands is a bad thing. And I was just sitting here tonight making dinner for my daughter, my four and a half year old daughter. My wife makes dinner a lot of times, but I like to make it as well. I love to make breakfast. And literally, it's the funnest thing on earth to make food for your family and be nurturative and then all sit down together and have that communal event. And that's what the system is attacking and bombarding is our normal biological actions are coming together. They really are sick, evil, scientific cult of filth that want to domesticate us and turn us into lab rats. We cannot let this continue. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the American Journal, InfoWars.com, Bands.video. Uh, we'll get into you know, the news now. But I think it's an important thing for us to do, as after all, I mean, there's plenty of news to talk about. We could just do headlines, you know, rapid fire constantly if we wanted to. But I think more important than that, 
is waging a true information war on every front, and that means understanding your enemy. It means understanding tactics that work. And as much as this video with this guy jaded with Jay on TikTok does give you a little bit of hope because you see somebody actually waking up to the reality of, of what's going on, and it gives you sort of a blueprint of what that takes because it takes some fortitude. You know, as much as this guy is a, is a leftist, obviously, he seems like a good dude. He seems like he's, he wants to, to do what's, what's right. He wants, you know, to identify threats and, and combat them. But it took him, as he said there, like forcing himself to do something that made him uncomfortable. Most people can't do that. Most people don't have the fortitude to do that. I sometimes don't have the fortitude to do that, right? When I'm like, all right, I'm going to read this lefty article and just get, you know, see what they're up to. And I'm the same way where you read like one paragraph, you're just like, oh my God, oh my God, I can't go on. And then you force yourself to. So we can't do that, right? We can't do that for other people. That's something you have to do for yourself. He had to do that for himself. Nobody has the authority to sit that dude down and say, you have to read this book that you don't like, and you have to get through it paragraph by paragraph. He had to do that himself. So if it's not an inborn desire to do this, then, you know, it's not going to happen. And he also talks about, you know, he says, I'm, I'm not, uh, he's like, I was, uh, I was never scared of what my own party was doing, but underlying basically everything he's talking about is fear. It's fear of the other side, it's, he uses the word boogeyman, right? They use fear to trap you in their ideological box. They use the fear of the other side, the fear of the boogeyman, the fear of the, uh, you know, big bad Hitler Trump to stop you from even listening to the other side. And, and that's often all it is. I was the same way I came around to Trump. I didn't like Trump at first, like in 2015 and stuff. I was, I liked Rand Paul. Trump was mean to Rand Paul. I just thought he was a bully or whatever until I started listening to him. So I went, okay, let's, why does this guy appeal to so many people? I better figure this out because I actually have respect for fellow Americans. And when there's tens of millions of them cheering a guy, I want to know why. And you start listening and you go, huh, we really don't have a country without a border, do we? Uh, it's, not, it's not racist to say they're sending rapists and murderers. They are. So why would I be mad at him saying the truth, especially if the truth is an attempt to protect Americans from everything else that's happening. So I think fear, you know, underlies, underlies a lot of the strategy that they use to keep people in the ideological box. You know, it also talks about, and again, it's another good point, right? He's stressed out already. Like I said, I think from his TikTok, you can tell he's like a paramedic or something, which has to be one of the most stressful jobs ever. I can't imagine. I can't imagine People tell me, like, I can't imagine getting up in front of the camera. This is nothing. This is easy for me. I don't, I don't care. I don't care what people think about me, so I'll go up and whatever. It doesn't matter to me. But the stress of having to show up at a 911 call, not knowing what's happening, and blood's everywhere, and I mean, my God, that's got to be a stressful job. So after a stressful day, he doesn't want to then go home and stress himself out more by looking into some of this stuff, which, again, is just something else to understand in that 
like you, you both have to appreciate that and understand that and understand like when we're talking about how screwed up the world is right now, a lot of people that are stressed out at work and stressed out of family and stressed out because sickness and health and all this sort of stuff, they just want to watch football at the end of the day. I don't blame them for just wanting to disconnect. But, but the thing is, they're doing that on purpose and they're keeping people overworked and stressed out and constantly worried about things that don't actually matter or don't actually exist to distract them from the things that do exist that they should be worrying about. Because how much better is it to have, a, you know, for the, from the view of the world controllers, from the view of the elite and the people that are pulling off these horrible things that nobody would let them pull off if anybody knew what was going on. Like you want people to be in a state of panic constantly, stress constantly, scared constantly about things that don't matter and that they can't solve like climate change. You want people stressed out constantly about the number of people on, in the world destroying the world from carbon because it's just it's just something to waste their energy on it just is not anything real it's not anything tangible it's not anything that actually affects them in their daily life so they're just worried and stressed out over nothing over a distraction over an illusion while meanwhile the real threats to them the real damage the real dangers to our society or the freedoms that they enjoy or anything like that Uh, go completely unopposed because they're so uh, distracted and stressed out over something that doesn't actually exist. And again, so it's, I just think it's an, it's a fascinating breakdown of, of the tactics that are used to keep people to be willing slaves in this system. Nobody had to stop that guy from, you know, it's like that guy was like, I really wanted to learn and nobody would let me. If you just make the choice to look around you, you can figure all this stuff out. It just it has to be inborn. It has to be a choice that you make. Nobody can stop you from learning all of this stuff, but they can keep you in a mental prison of your own making where you yourself reject any curiosity. You yourself think that giving any consideration to the other side is somehow uh, bad, and so you refuse to even consider what the other argument might be. So again, we're trying to like wage this war where the battlefield is the human mind and you yourself have to make the, like the, our enemies have to make the decision to stop being the way that they are. We can try to present the information, but they have this firewall that prevents them from acknowledging or, or considering it. And I don't, I don't know how we get around that. I don't know how we get around that, but it is one of those things where the cliche is true where it's like all you have to do is think for yourself. Literally all you have to do is just take in information and consider it against your own conscience and you'll probably come to the right answer. It's only by dogmatic and unthinking adherence to a prescribed mindset that keeps people in this prison. And that's a bummer. It's a bummer, but it also means that if we can actually take over these institutions, take over these systems, these people only, like, they only believe things, they only believe what they believe because that's what they've been told to believe. And if the television station they watch was owned by somebody else telling them something else, they would believe that. So it's almost like, you know, if we could just get in charge of things, if we just spread our message instead of theirs, these same people would be just as 
adherent to our beliefs than the ones they have now because they're not thinking for themselves. They are vessels. They're vessels being filled. So anyway, we'll 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 move on now, and we're going to uh, be joined by uh, Lisa Logan here in the in the next hour. I do want to remind you that. We will continue to wage the information war as long as humanly possible, but that's entirely dependent on whether or not our audience goes to InfoWarsStore.com. InfoWarsStore.com is the only way we get funding. It's the only way that we stay on air. It's the only way that we're able to come on and, and hear live sort of strategize how we can possibly sp- spread the message of humanity versus the unthinking, unelected globalist machine that's attempting to openly destroy humanity. Please help us in this fight. Keep us armed and engaged in this information war by going to InfoWarsStore.com. Nitric Boost is, uh, it's, it's got a new look, but it's the same great supplement, although now it is 40% off. We have been unable to discount Nitric Boost more than 25% up until now, but now we can actually offer it at an unprecedented 40% off Look up what nitric oxide is and how it works. It's a molecule. It plays various important roles in the body. Things like vasodilation, right? Vaso meaning veins, dilation meaning uh, expanding uh, the you know the area through which the blood travels. So you know this is when you talk about cholesterol, you're talking about a diminution, uh, constricting of the blood vessels. This does the opposite. This opens it up. Is helps in a variety of different ways from immune system to cardiovascular health to exercise performance it is an amazing product that everybody needs young old man woman nitric boost will help you go to infowarsstore.com today to get it for 40 percent off and keep us on the air and while you're there check out some of the other supplements as well and see what they can do for you things like turbo force plus also 40 percent off infowarsstore.com Naturally sourced from the finest hemp plants in America, Rebel Zen offers the absolute finest quality CBD available and at the lowest prices. Extracted using a cold-pressed technique to retain the molecular integrity of the cannabinoids and terpenes within the plant, this full-spectrum formula ensures that your nervous system gets the full benefits of CBD. Premium quality organic CBD like Rebel Zen has been shown to naturally reduce anxiety, relieve pain, and decrease inflammation. People have reported a reduction in symptoms of insomnia, arthritis, seizures, chronic pain, and epilepsy. Several studies have shown it helps to reduce cortisol, increase serotonin, and boost vitality. Order yours today at InfoWarsStore.com. You're watching The American Journal. Watch live right now at band.video. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. The French farmers are dumping manure onto government buildings and onto the roads. They are turning freeways into fields. and setting them on fire. They are blocking the motorways 
and they are dumping and destroying foreign imported foods. They are sending a message out to the people that government decreed starvation is coming. And it's not just the French, it's happening in Germany, Greece, Spain, Belgium, Italy, and Ireland. And it looks like it's just getting started. This is, of course, in response to the European Union's green agenda. The EU is imposing extreme regulations on farmers, which are forcing them out of business. Globalist media is spreading propaganda that farming is bad for the environment. And domestic terrorists in America are setting fire to farms. This is all being blamed on the lie that humans are responsible for climate change. And so the solution for Western governments seems to be to depopulate, or rather, murder its own people. History tells us that the climate does radically change. Examples such as the Younger Dryas Ice Age that occurred 12,000 years ago shows us that these things do happen, and the current level of earthquake activity and volcanic eruptions could be an indicator that the climate is radically changing again. In the late 1940s, Major Maynard White, commander of Project Nanook, discovered that the Earth experiences routine magnetic pole flips that occur in the span of just one day. But this information was suppressed from the public and was directly followed by the birth of the United Nations global warming propaganda campaign. Western governments adopted the man-made global warming cover story, but this does not seem to be the case in the East. In Russia, talk of a pole shift is openly being discussed. Russian scientists have been tracking the wandering magnetic north, which has been exponentially moving towards Siberia for decades. And even state-run media RIA News has been reporting that the north and south magnetic poles have repeatedly changed places, and that it could happen again at any moment. Russian media has even cited the work of the sleeping American prophet Edgar Cayce, who predicted a sudden climate change that would lead to the death of cities and cause the European Arctic to thaw. The Russian Federation seems to be preparing for this pole shift. Massive infrastructure is being developed in the Eurasian Arctic, and Russian bases in Antarctica are being drastically restored. The farmers in Russia are not being attacked, they are being given extra subsidies by the government and encouraged to expand. These contrasting agendas between the East and the West could explain the current conflicts. If the poles are expected to flip, then it would explain just about all the madness that is happening today. And the plan of the Western governments appears to be to cull the population and weather the storm underground. Greg Reese reporting. All right, folks, that is the latest from Greg Reese. Conflicting pole shift agendas between East and West. And yes, basically every country in NATO at this point is telling their citizens to prepare for war with Russia. Poland, just the latest, saying that war is almost inevitable. Germany, 
from Sweden and many others, seemingly gearing up for war with Russia for some unknown and godforsaken reason. We'll be right back. You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is The American Journal. I'm your host, Harrison Smith. Very happy to welcome my guest, Lisa Logan. She is a mother, an activist, and an educator. She's a parent exposing the sinister agenda behind social-emotional learning programs that are destroying children's minds across America. You can find her videos at her YouTube channel called Parents of Patriots 6581. That's Parents of Patriots 6581. Or additional commentary from her on X at I am Lisa Logan. Thank you so much for joining us today, Lisa. Thanks so much for having me, Harrison. I appreciate you uh, inviting me on. Of course. And uh, social emotional learning, SEL, yet another acronym that we have to worry about. Explain to us what social emotional learning is. Is this something brand new? Oh, no. It's actually been around since the early 90s. Uh, There was an organization that was born out of the Fetzer Institute, which is kind of crazy because John Fetzer was a guy who was all into Alice Bailey and mysticism and all these things. And there was a group that came together and said, hey, we want to teach kids um, basically universal values. And um, they build it as a mental health program. Uh, as an anti-bullying program, but really when it came into schools, it's now transformed. Um, you know, they, they made it very, very mild at the beginning, but now they've changed their whole lens to which they're teaching social emotional learning to be through a racial and equity lens. So they're teaching kids that they're oppressors or oppressed, uh, that the whole system of America is, is broken and they need to tear it down in order to show compassion to people who are historically marginalized or who they say are historically marginalized. And it's really become a brainwashing program, uh, not unlike what happened during Mao's Cultural Revolution, where he created the Red Guard. And this is being introduced in elementary school, I imagine, right? I mean, this is uh, very early on and sort of continuous throughout the public school system, or is it, I mean, I assume it's in private schools too, but from for the entire 12 years that children are, are obliged to be in school, they're being sort of inundated with this continually, aren't they? Oh, definitely. And um, actually, in, in my school district, this is how it all started. My my child's school started teaching this. I started looking into it. I followed the money, um, realized that, you know, while some programs, when they start in K, um, you know, they start very mildly. Like I said, they start teaching empathy and they kind of twist what that means. Um, so being empathetic um, does not mean surrendering how you feel about things either, because uh, in order to feel compassion for somebody, you have to do something. So they say you have to to advocate for um, racial and gender causes in order to show compassion. And so they're really manipulating how these kids think and feel um, through teaching these what they call ethical or moral values. And it's really not the the place of the school to do this anyway, Harrison. I just want to point out that, you know, character education should be left up to the parents um, and it shouldn't be the school's job because who's going to define what it means to be empathetic? Who's going to define compassion? Who's going to define what it takes to be a good person? And that's, you know, when our school system is run by progressives and people who um, want to completely shift our society to communism, um, that's not a good thing. 
And is that the ultimate goal, you think, to, to shift us towards communism? I mean, a lot of people think of communism as an economic uh, ideal. How does this play into the, the brainwashing and moving us more towards that paradigm? Well, I see it in my own children's school. You know, my my I have three kids. Um, one of them is a high schooler and um, they, all three of them really come home and they say, well, they, you know, the way that they taught this lesson, they're teaching me that America is bad, that America is oppressive, uh, that the system that we have doesn't serve all. Um, and that's really the goal of communism, right, is to say that you know, you don't have um, the individual rights to build up your own wealth, um, that this needs to be redistributed to everybody to make sure that everybody has the same amount of well-being as you. And so this free enterprise system that America has where businesses are privately owned and there is no central planner saying, oh, you can, you know, only make a certain amount of goods or only, you know, uh, reach a certain amount of level of success and then you have to share. Um, they're really teaching that that kind of thinking, that individualistic thinking is bad and that they should care more about the collective and the collective goals of society more than they care about their own individual freedoms. Yeah, it's one of these things that I, it's like kind of so obvious on the face of it, I almost don't even know how to, how to argue it because it, it again, it just seems so obvious. If, if they're talking about, you know, wanting to help marginalized, depressed groups, I mean, collectivism is everything they should be moving away from. It's so baffling to me how this has wormed its way in. How has it wormed? Is it, is it, I mean, obviously it's a sort of an incremental process, how this has mm -hmm. been instituted piecemeal, bit by bit into our education system, right? I mean, how did they, how did they get away with, with spinning this uh, tail and getting everybody to run along with it? Mm -hmm. Well, a couple of ways. Um, and one of the ways is always through funding. Um, we Funding and laws early at the end of the day. So uh, schools took a lot of this, what's called ESSER money um, from the federal government. Uh, states that took ESSER money um, then has to comply with the federal government's regulations on how you use that money. Um, along with that came a law called the Every Student Succeeds Act in 2015. And what that said is that you had to align um, you know, post-secondary readiness was the main goal now of education. So aligning the K-12 values to higher ed um, and building a workforce for the future. Well, what does that workforce look like, Harrison? It's, you know, filled with environmental, social, and corporate governance scores. And they're now saying they're going to hire based on um, kids' ethical and moral values. And they're, they're measuring that through K-12 in social-emotional learning. And so a lot of these consultants came out um, to these school districts when ESSA was um, passed. And they said, well, look, we have the perfect solution. Since you're going to have to report on this, now we can, you know, we have the perfect solution. You just implement this program in your school and, and you know, you check the box. And so this, this has now become instituted. And in 2020, everything really shifted when the organization who actually sets the five core competencies of social emotional learning, they're called CASEL, the Collaborative for Academic Social Emotional Learning, which was also born at the Fetzer Institute, um, you know, crazily, um, they actually changed their whole definition of social emotional learning and the five core competencies to be something called transformative social emotional learning. So that's this whole thing when I was just talking about where they're teaching it through a racial equity lens. They believe that the old way that it was taught, you know, where they kind of were a little more mild about it and they weren't as obvious, um, that it actually was racist toward people of color because it told them they had to conform to the systems and society that was, you know, basically a white supremacist culture. And 
So now they're teaching it so that um, now everybody has to learn cultural responsiveness and they have to learn that, yes, America is oppressive in order to um, really you know, be able to have these kids leave school with the competencies they want them to, where they believe that they're maybe, you know, have implicit bias, that they're racist, you know, just naturally, and that they need to work and be allies to tear down the systems of America to make it more equitable toward these people. And of course, we covered the the story yesterday about woke kindergarten. And this (laughs) was uh, San Francisco's response to the fact that 4% of the entire student body was actually competent in math. So 96% of the students can't do math. Their response to that is to try to turn the children racist, I guess. I mean, this is crazy, right? So how is this impacting education overall? Because it seems like more and more resources and uh, effort is being put into programming children to be good little communist warriors than to actually just be able to do basic math or read at a grade level. Uh, I mean, it's like, it's like a, not a self-fulfilling prophecy, but like a feedback loop where things are terrible. Kids are are frankly dumb and uneducated. And then to solve that problem, they just make them dumber and more uneducated. I mean, when does this end? I don't think it does, because what they're doing is is actually a very communist trick um, is they actually weave these types of things. um, Paulo Freire, the kind of famous Brazilian Marxist, called them generative themes. So they're actually teaching these academic subjects. You know, they don't have a class at school called critical race theory. They don't have a class at school called, you know, tear down America. What they do is they weave it into um, language arts. They weave it into, you know, you were just talking about woke kindergarten, you know, Key, um, the woman who runs that operation, she has this whole video of teaching colors. I put it up on my Twitter yesterday, uh, teaching colors, you know, but she'll show the color and say the color will be purple. That color purple is a purple sign that says Black Lives Matter. Right. Right. Um, the colors of the rainbow. And she says it at the end after she goes through all the colors and, you know, has different various, you know, communist themes running through it, um, says, you know, end policing. So we see that they're teaching these types of um, what they call a critical consciousness for children through education, through just the regular subjects. And so, A, it becomes completely um, hidden, right, from parents' sight. They just think, oh, yeah, my kid's going to school and learning math, science, and reading. No, Mm. they're weaving these types of subjects and um, conversations into school matter just by teaching these core academic subjects. Okay, so if uh, talking to the parents in our audience, how can they defend themselves against this? How can they stop their school from, you know, engaging in this sort of stuff if they want to? Like what, how do they identify it? And then how do we fight back against this subtle indoctrination? Because I know you're, you're exactly right where they say, no, no, we're just teaching history. And then the history is just a history of how white people are evil. And your kid is coming home thinking that, that he's evil and that to be a good person, he has to, you know, reject Christianity and capitalism and everything that has built this country in the first place. How do you identify it and then how do you fight back against it on an individual level and on a, a societal or institutional level? And we'll, we'll expand on that, but just how, how do you identify and defend against this if you have kids in public school right now? Well, first of all, on an individual level, I would say get educated parents. 
Um, you know, that's why I put my YouTube channel together in the first place, because I felt like it was so kind of, um, not obvious how it was happening and, and who was behind all of these programs that I had to put it together so that, you know, parents could just, you know, put on their headphones, listen to a everybody in their generation being taught this. I, we need to get this out of schools, not just bury our heads in the sand and, and try to ignore that this is going on. So uh, where do you stand on that? I mean, how important is uh, political activism in this realm? It's hugely important. Um, I, I think we have to do both, like you're saying, Harrison. Um, you know, I think if there are certain situations, if your kid's in a dangerous school, right, where violence is a problem because of these policies of, you know, like um, repar uh, reparations and um, mm -hmm. reparative justice and stuff like that, um, I would say, yeah, in those instances, yeah, you have to protect your kid. It, and some kids are more mentally um, vulnerable to these types of topics, right? Or, or, you know, they have a friend group maybe that's kind of going off the rails and becoming, you know, active in all of these things. And so you, you have to watch your kids and know what the best situation for them is because there is no escape from this. They will come for everything. You know, you mentioned about kindergarten earlier, they actually are funded um, by the school choice lobbies. Um, there's a bunch of people in the school choice realm that actually want the decentralization of education because then they can have these micro schools that teach liberatory education everywhere. Um, and they're going to be getting, you know, funding from, <laughs> from our local governments, which is just crazy. Um, so I think there is no escaping this. We have to fight on, on both an individual and community level and really, really make sure our youth are prepared to go to fight this because they're not just going to, if you take them out of school, they're not going to be sheltered forever. They're going to have to go out into the real world, into the business world, which is also promoting all of these Marxist and communist values and ideas. So um, we have to make sure that they know how to navigate that in the future ahead. And obviously the, there's the, the racial dimension of this. And again, it's, it's hard, it's hard to even know where to start because it's so just on the face of it. It's so absurd. I have this post from uh, lives of TikTok yesterday and this is a university, but this, you know, it's taking place in, in, elementary and, and high schools as well. University of Wisconsin Oshkosh is holding a free leadership development program for all students except straight white students. All students except straight white students will get the opportunity to gain unique knowledge and skills about leadership. White people are the only group you're allowed to discriminate against. So there's things like this where it's just like, I, I can't even believe that we're in the position where I have to try to explain that deliberately excluding one race of people is bad. It, like, is that how bad it is at this point? I have to try to explain that just because people are white doesn't mean you can discriminate against them with impunity. Uh, th this is why I struggle to deal with any of this stuff is because it's like if people can't see it on the face of it, how discriminatory and, ex ex uh, you know, exclusive this is. How are we supposed to make this argument? I mean, on the face of it, this type of stuff is just bad. It's just bad. There's no you know, other word for it. Mm -hmm. But yet people are going along with it. Is it, I mean, it's so far entrenched. I don't know. How do we even deal with this? Just how do we start to deal with a program that openly says we're for everybody except you because of the color of your skin? I mean, where, where, how far have we fallen in this country? I just think we have to start calling things like it is. I mean, that is a Title VI civil rights 
you know, act violation. Um, the same thing is happening with the current federal plan, um, which I appreciate you covered on your show back in December. Um, they're literally allocating federal funding depending on your historical level of marginalization. So they are putting more money into after-school programs, programs, for instance, in historically marginalized communities. Um, it's not like the children who don't live in communities who are white don't deserve that as well. Uh, same thing with, uh, you know, them giving them uh, federal dollars for oh, uh, primary care or, you know, um, early child health care or uh, what's it called? Uh, you know, when you you have people watch your kids before school, you know, mm -hmm. they're they're giving people money according for these programs, according to the color of their skin. This is Title VI civil rights. And we should, at the government level, be saying this is unacceptable um, that you're doing this. I mean, where are our advocates at the federal level saying, hey, listen, you can't do this. Uh, we would be doing that if, if it was the other way around and we were giving preferential treatment to white people um, for funding instead of people who have colors, uh, different color skin. And of course, you know, it's even more absurd in places like Texas where, you know, the latest census says that white people are the minority, Hispanic people are the majority, but it's not like this is, you know, sort of uh, an algorithm that says, well, now you're the minority, so now you get all of the benefits. It, it actually persists. Even though white people are the minority in Texas, we are still treated as if we are oppressive majority, which means, you know, as, as our uh, majority decreases and becomes a minority and then we'll you know, increasingly diminish, those types of pressures are still being put on white people to, you know, you don't get the the free health care, you don't get the free child care, you don't get the whatever. And yet it continues and continues. So it's this it's this basis of racism really is what it is uh, that that continues, you know, unimpeded. But in addition to the racial thing, there's the gender confusion that's going on in schools. How does that play into social emotional learning? Well, they, again, they, they start with the whole thing of empathy and perspective taking. Uh, interestingly, one of the lessons that they taught in second step was a lesson in grade five about the golden rule. And, you know, everybody's familiar with the golden rule. You know, it's it's pretty universally known. Do unto others as you would um, want to have them do unto you. Well, they didn't frame it that way. They said, um, treat others how they want to be treated. <laughs> okay. And so, well, if that person wants to believe that they're a different gender um, and want to call themselves by a different name or pronoun, um, you then have to strap on that empathy and perspective taking and treat them how they want to be treated. Uh, it doesn't work that way, right? Because um, we're all individuals. We all believe in reality. And so they really, really use that empathy as a muscle to get the kids to feel bad for other people, um, to say, well, you just have to accept them for who they are and you have to kind of usurp your own values in order to do that. Uh, so I think that's how this gender, gender theory stuff is coming in, is they, they really play on the kids' um, innate sense of caring for other people to then manipulate it to be that you have to to believe what these people believe, even though it might not go along with what you believe. And of course, you, once again, it's another situation where it only goes one way, right? If you mm -hmm. uh, disagree with their foundational beliefs, if you want to be respected as a Christian or as a white person or whatever, it, that courtesy doesn't extend all the way to you. So, I mean, this really is just about 
Well, what is it? Is it about division? Is it about destruction of these certain groups? And if if so, why? I mean, what is what is the ultimate purpose? Do you think, like, f- long down the line, what is their ultimate goal? Their ultimate goal is to have really compliant citizens who are what they call global citizens. I think um, you've been really good about highlighting this on your show, Harrison, is that all this stuff is really stemming from the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, including social-emotional learning, including queer theory, including all of it. Um, they they really want people who believe a certain way, um, to act a certain way, who participate in their community a certain way. They they want to create compliant drones that basically, uh, you know, create their utopia um, in society. So, you know, they believe that we have finite resources, that we're going to run out. And they, they really know that the sustainable development goals, and they say this all the time in their own webinars, they really know they're not going to accomplish them. I mean, really, to have zero poverty, no hunger. I mean, it's impossible to believe that we're going to have equal outcomes. It just is not possible um, because we're all different people and we're all going to follow different paths in life. Even if you provide them funding, you're not going to get to that point. So they know they have to change the hearts and minds of the people. And they're going to do that through manipulation. Uh, 100% and they're going to here. Hold, hold on to that thought. We'll be right back with Lisa Logan on X at I am Lisa Logan. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, old or young. Nitric Boost does incredible things for your entire cardiovascular system, your immune system, your blood, everything. And we finally got a huge shipment of Nitric Boost in stock, ready to ship to you right now. Folks, there's a giant list of things it does. Go to InfoWarsStore.com and read about it. But vasodilation, opening up your arteries and your veins, that is so good, and it does such amazing things in every single department. So this product is incredible, and I almost forgot, it's 40% off. So get your Nitric Boost now for 40% off while it's still in stock and discounted at InfoWarsStore.com. You owe yourself a favor. Go research Nitric Boost and then get it. It funds the InfoWar. It does incredible things for your body. Nitric Boost, 40% off InfoWar store. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. My guest is Lisa Logan. You can follow her on X at I am Lisa Logan. And a ton of great information on there about uh, the school system, whether it's DEI or ESG or SDG or any of these acronyms that are slowly but efficiently killing us. But also things like surveillance and uh, introducing biometric, you know, palm scanners in elementary school to get kids used to it. I mean, you you cover a lot of the indoctrination that's uh, going on, and I want to get into some of that and also talk about how it's all centered on control. And so I want to go to a video here. Before I do, I I should tell people that if they want to find Lisa's if you guys, if you're, if the audience wants to find uh, her YouTube channel, it's Parents of Patriots six five eight one. That's Parents of Patriots six five eight one on YouTube, where she goes through and and discusses this stuff at length, and that's a great resource to both 
look at yourself and share with other parents who might not be aware of what's going on in their kids' elementary school. But to me, it all comes down to control, and I I think you're going to agree with me on this. And this video is just the latest in a very, very long series of videos that get published about every week or so. There's a new one that shows just how just what a failure our public school system is. This is for college students trying to answer a question. Let's go now to clip number three. What is 15 times four? 15 times four. Gosh. It's 23, she says. Is it 23? 48, 48. 48. 48. I would say 48. I would say 48. Why did I say 48? 48. 15 times 4 equals 48. I mean, these ki- these kids aren't overthrowing anything, are they? I mean, these kids aren't thinking for themselves uh, even a little bit. What's your reaction to videos like that? I I think because, you know, we were just talking about social-emotional learning being brought into schools and all of these, you know, Marxist generative themes. We're focusing on the wrong things. In order to Correct. succeed in life, these kids actually need to know math, reading, <laughs> science, like in the real sense. Um, not all of these political and social factors. Uh, and that's that's the tragedy of it all, right? They ended up losing in the end. And, and that's, it kind of goes along with the whole thinking of like the World Economic Forum um, and how, you know, they're making ESG a big thing in, in business. It's because they believe that AI is going to control all these menial jobs and they're not going to know math. You know, they don't need to know math. They just need to be emotionally intelligent. And so this is what we're focusing on in schools. And unfortunately, we're turning out kids who don't know what 15 times 4 is. They aren't even close to knowing what 15 times 4 is. I mean, they they aren't even uh, in, in the right ballpark. And I think another interesting thing about that video is the one girl says 48. It's just that's she should be ashamed of herself and I hope she is. But then the other three kids just go, yep, yeah, that, that, whatever she said, I want that, right? It's this, it's this, uh, desire to conform where they just go, I don't have to Mm -hmm. think for myself. I'll just follow whatever somebody else says, even if it is hysterically wrong, they go along with it. I mean, what we're seeing here is just the breeding of sheep, aren't we? Yeah, 100% group think. Um, and where people think that again, you know, the collective is where it's at. It's not your individual thoughts and feelings. You know, we used to, uh, the classic cliche from Orwell, it was uh, two plus two equals five. That was like a, a psychological operation, getting people to, you know, subsume their own logic with the, the will of the collective. But I think it might just be because kids these days literally can't add two plus two. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, not that, it's not that they're uh, following some propaganda. It's that they literally don't know basic math. It's uh, maybe a different route we're going down. But again, it's, to me, it is all about control because if like, if you want to control people, you don't want them being smart. You don't want them being intelligent. You don't want them thinking for themselves or questioning Mm -hmm. you in any way. You want them being so, so stupid and so sort of self-important that they can't even understand that they're stupid. I mean, how much does that play into it? The, the like, uh, celebration of this stupidity that people, uh, like they have no humility to say, I don't know what that means. You know, I don't, I don't know what this is. So maybe I should learn. They're convinced that they're the enlightened ones. They're the intelligent ones. And they literally know nothing. I mean, how much does that play into it? uh, The control paradigm that we're seeing at play here? I think it plays in a lot. And I think social media has a lot to do with it, right? I mean, these kids are, 
um, constantly being fed through social media that they're self-important and that they're always right and, you know, the world's against them. And and I think that that's part of it. Uh, and they're just not, ta- I mean, w- we talk about critical thinking, you know, and, and, and teaching critical thinking in schools and they're not learning critical thinking, they're learning critical consciousness. Mm. Uh, so I think that that definitely is part of it. And the dumbing down of our education system has been going on for years. Charlotte Isserby talked about it in her book, The Dumbing Down of um, America. And so she wrote that book back during the Reagan administration, I believe. Or, uh, so it's it's been going on a long time and we've really seen the fruits uh, of what that has bore. And it kind of makes it makes perfect sense, doesn't it, that if you're going to value equity above achievement, uh, then you're going to dumb things down. And, and we've seen school after school district, places like Oregon say, you know, we're not going to give grades anymore because they're racist. And so, like, obviously, you're going to get worse results if you stop actually holding people to a standard because you feel bad that some people can't meet that standard. I mean, this is just, again, it seems obvious. Again, we're in the situation where it's like, oh, my school is telling me to stab my leg with a knife. Should I do that? It's like, how do we have to explain what a horrible policy this is that's deliberately dumbing people down, deliberately removing grades because some kids make bad grades? I mean, this it's, a, it's, it's obvious, isn't it? I mean, how is there any other possibility other than a... a total destruction of our education system with this type of stuff implemented? No, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, the same thing's happening with like honors programs and, and gate programs. I mean, they're literally saying, well, we're going to, you know, admit these kids um, based on equity. And it's like, well, or do away with them, right, if they can't. And really, it does away with a standard of excellence that has made America great since its founding. And, and it is going to destroy literally everything in its path. There's absolutely no way that we can survive this con, uh, continuing process. Now, you talked a little bit in the last segment about data collection and how this is is uh, plays into all of this. We only about two minutes left in this segment, but we'll continue it into the next segment. Uh, how does data collection play into social emotional learning? Well, they're already starting to through. Um, products like Panorama, um, they have whole dashboards where they're actually measuring and scoring students' social emotional skills. Um, so how do you quantify empathy, Harrison? How do you how do you right. measure perspective taking or compassion or self-awareness? Um, and, be, and because especially who gets to define those things uh, and what they mean? And, and that's the real problem here is that kids are being scored. Um, Those scores are following them in the statewide longitudinal data systems from grade to grade and school to school. And eventually, um, and actually some companies have even said this, like the Dayhill Group, um, because they want to, you know, hire based on these ESG-driven initiatives or environmental, social, and governance scores, they're going to hire kids based on their emotional intelligence. Well, how are they going to figure what that is? Well, these social-emotional scores. And so these children are being already funneled into a certain camp, right? Like, oh, does your parent, you know, and they ask these survey questions, right? When they score them, they do your parents um, own guns? Do your parents talk to you about this or that and the other thing? And so they're measuring how good of a global citizen these kids are going to be and if they're going to integrate into the workforce and be all about these um, UN-driven goals and initiatives in the future. And of course, that's just a a early form, a prototype of social credit scores like we see in China. I mean, it really is all about control at the end of the day. Yeah, 
It sure is. I mean, you see that with ESG scores too, and it's all about reporting, right? Anytime you take money and then you have that tied to reporting, um, that you're going to have to conform the way that you do things, your standards and policies to conform to the reporting standards to the entity that gives you money. And so we're seeing that happen through social emotional learning. We're seeing that happen through the COVID funding, through the federal plan. Um, we're seeing that happen through the, the businesses who want uh, banks and investors to do business with them so that, you know, they report on these ESG things and conform their standards to those. So it's it's a really dangerous, slippery slope. And of course, you know, a lot of companies right now are abandoning ESG, realizing what a ridiculous farce it all is. But you can't really reverse what's happening in education. Once you destroy a child's education, I mean, that's it for that kid. More on the other side with Lisa Logan. I have been in a 28-year marathon battle with a globalist. I have come from nowhere the very heights of politics, not just in America, but in the world. We are engaging the globalists at point blank range in the information war. But I don't deserve the credit. Yes, I've persevered, but the listeners and viewers who support InfoWars are the real reason we've had the success. We're having now the greatest victories in the fight against the new world order we've ever had. We are now entering the final mile of the marathon. And that's why today it's more important than ever to realize how important you've been in this fight and to continue in the efforts you've been carrying out and to intensify them. God bless you all. I salute you. I thank you. And I beg you to intensify what you're doing now because we are over the target and history is happening. The fight is my fight. It's your fight. It's our fight. God bless you all. Cellular damage from a type of free radical known as reactive oxygen species can cause decreased cellular function. DNA Force Plus contains what are believed to be the most beneficial ingredients to remedy this. Now, 40% off at InfoWarsStore.com. The main ingredient in the Real Red Pill Plus is pregnenolone which occurs naturally in our body, but decreases with age. Low levels of pregnenolone are associated with fatigue and low brain function. The Real Red Pill Plus is also full of essential trace minerals to synergistically support optimal cognitive function. Now, 40% off at InfoWarsStore.com. Get them both today at 50% off. The Supercharged Special. Support your health and support the InfoWar at InfoWarStore.com. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, welcome back, folks. My guest is Lisa Logan. She's an activist and educator. Her YouTube channel, Parents of Patriots, 6581. That's Parents of Patriots, 6581. It's where she documents the takeover of our education system by radical activists pretty openly attempting to destroy this country from within. You can also follow her on X at x.com slash I am Lisa Logan. And one of the most frustrating things apart the, about this, and there are a lot of frustrating things about this whole system, is the, the whack-a-mole aspect of these programs where you finally get a get a grip on something like ESG and you finally get people to admit this is not this doesn't make any sense this doesn't work they abandon ESG but they've got some other set of words that they use to describe exactly the same thing 
and it just transforms. Very, not very often do these things just get abandoned and everybody goes, you're right, that was stupid. We shouldn't do that anymore. And then it just goes away forever. It always is morphing into some new, horrible, conf- uh, uh, you know, creation that they uh, push on everybody. And so, you know, th- this is what's happening. You described uh, during the break personal competencies. That's the new word that they'll use to describe uh, SEL. It's frustrating, isn't it, how, how these things transform Right. And I think people get confused. Um, You know, people see companies like BlackRock kind of, you know, shifting away from ESG language, but they're just going to rebrand into something else. And, you know, now that'll be nature and climate disclosures. Um, So watch for that, people in your audience. Um, And and really what they they have the goals, right? They, They really, really want to accomplish the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. And they're literally willing to do anything in order to make that happen. So we have unconstitutional public-private partnerships. Um, we have consulting companies that go into businesses and basically advise them how to um, coordinate their policies, um, including their, you know, shipping supplies, um, you know, all of their, literally everything in the business is going to be tooled to um, accomplish these same goals, it'll just be called something different. And so, yeah, it, it is frustrating. It is playing whack-a-mole. You're, you're constantly having to re-educate the public and be like, all right, well, you know, even though, and, and here's the other thing, right, is they always make it sound so nice, mm-hmm. right? So they want to transition us from a capitalist society to a well-being society. And you're like, well-being, that sounds great. I want a well-being society. I want to care about everyone's well-being. Well, it's how they plan to make that well-being society and the conditions required to do so is where they bring in these totalitarian targets. And and that's a great point. And how do you how do you combat that? Because I, I see this time and time again, I've been thinking about this recently because it's like you can show that a program that they implement you just there's no, you know, it's it's not vague. It's not like up for debate. It's like they implement this program, everything gets worse. And that should be obvious. People should be able to recognize that. But because it's called something nice, they just go along with it. They think, how can it be bad? It's called the nice thing. And it's like, okay, but it's destroying everything. How how do you break people from the the uh trap that they're in where they just fall for these nice sounding things? that are actually awful. I mean, how do we convince people that these things are not as as benign as they're made to sound? Right. Well, my strategy is I actually use their own words. I look at their videos and webinars. Um, you know, if anyone's ever visited my Twitter channel or my YouTube channel, you know, I use a lot of their own clips from their own videos and, and you let them kind of expose the plan. Uh, because, you know, when they say well-being, well, they don't want well-being for every single person. They want it to be equitable. So that means they're going to have to take away um, the conditions for someone else to well to have well-being in order for someone else to have well-being. And so I think if you show people how it's going to literally take away their rights and freedoms and create a society where literally no one is experiencing well-being, I think that's the, the trick to helping people understand how they're using and manipulating language um, to obfuscate what they're really doing. And, and you mentioned before, I'm just still having trouble wrapping my mind around this. Kids are actually being given SEL scores, social emotional learning scores that are following them from school to school. How, is, how does this happen? Like, what's the system for these scores? 
Right, well, they call them multi-tiered systems of support. So whatever you have to manage, you have to measure, right? And that, that's the, the problem with all of these things is like, so resilience to the federal plan, they're going to have to find a way to measure resilience, um, social, emotional health, or mental health, how do you measure those? Or you have to continually give kids surveys and um, questionnaires and score these skills. And so they, you know, they're ranking kids, you know, to say that, you know, there's three levels, right? You know, we used to have, you know, if you were, had problems at school, you would, you know, go see, a, you know, maybe a specialist during that time, right? You were actually qualified as a kid who requires for those services where they're qualifying all kids as needing these services. And then in order to have to measure which level you're at, whether, you know, you're at tier two, which is more small group intervention and um, tier one uh, or tier three, I mean, where, where they have really targeted intervention because like, tier one is everybody, uh, they have to know what level you're at and therefore they have to continually measure, um, you know, your your skills in this area. And so, yeah, it's it's unreal to me that we've literally created a social credit system for our kids um, where they are constantly being um, asked these questions. Data is constantly being collected on them. Um, you know, FERPA was completely gutted, the Family Educational Rights and Privacy Act. So these third party actors in these um, ed tech programs have complete access to your kids' information. Um, th this is a problem. And I think this is a huger, kind of bigger conversation we need to have um, as far as parents protecting our kids' rights and our kids' data. It just, I mean, again, it's just, it's so overwhelming the, the layers that go into this, just like any of the social or the um, development goals from the UN. It's like you've got the UN pushing it, which is super national, and you've got the national government pushing it. Then the local governments are also pushing it. Each city is signing on to these. And you've got corporations within the city and NGOs within the city all pushing this. They're all operating together. And then there's us who are just the parents who are just trying to raise our kids normally. It can seem totally overwhelming. Do we need an equal and opposite network, you know, operating against it? I mean, what's, how do we defeat this multi-headed hydra monster swarm that we're trying to combat right now? I think we got to cut off the heads of the beast. Um, and my friend James Lindsay says it all the time. It's SCL and it's ESG. And um, we just have to point out um, how these things are destructive to our society. Um, and we're getting ready for me to blow your mind one more time, Harrison. They not only have the sustainable development goals, um, there's another uh, tweet thread I put together on my Twitter channel um, called the inner development goals. So mm -hmm. they're now pushing basically five core competencies that sound a whole lot like social emotional learning into the business sector through the inner development goals. And they're going to require people at these businesses to um, take these inner development goal classes um, as a part of the professional development. And so this is the thing they again, they want to they need to change everyone's mindset to be aligned with the SDGs and that they know that is the only way that they're going to accomplish their goals. And whoever's not going to go along with the program is going to basically not be able to participate in society as much. And that's really the, the eventual goal is depopulation. It's control. It's creating these 15 minute cities and preserving the environment that they feel is lacking, um, you know, sustainability in the future if we don't cut down on our resource consumption. Mm -hmm. And that is the most frustrating part is it, even if you don't believe this, you have to go along with it. Like they will bankrupt mm -hmm. your company if you don't adhere to their arbitrary ESG uh, criteria or you will fail out of school. So, you know, it's so frustrating 
if you're a parent and you're like, I want to tell my kid to resist this and not go along with it, but then his future is destroyed because he's going to flunk out of school or have to go to summer school. I mean, they, they have this, uh, this method of control that is so ubiquitous. Uh, I mean, it seems impossible to fight back, but I'm, I'm so glad there's people like you actually digging in and, and helping to uproot some of this stuff. Again, you can follow Lisa at I am Lisa Logan on X and parents of Patriots 6581 on YouTube. Uh, we have about a, a minute left here. What's your final message to parents? Maybe parents who don't think this is such a big deal. Well, I want my kid to be social and emotional. That's good for them. What's your, what's your message to them? Hmm. I, I would say, look at your future. And this, and this is always, this is, you know, the reason I'm fighting so hard and what I'm doing, Harrison, is because I want my kid to have his own individual agency. Right. If we let these things continue, the future won't have individual agency. You won't be able to decide what religion you want to um, adhere to. You won't be able to decide where you want to work or what you want to do in life. I mean, they will literally decide all of these things for you. So I would say just get yourself educated and understand that these things are actually going on. And um, hopefully the things that I'm doing in society and right now through my channel and everything else will help parents understand that. Well, it's it's a start. We just need 10,000 more people like you all working against this. Lisa Logan on X. I am Lisa Logan. Parents of Patriots 6581 on YouTube. Thank you so much for being with us, Lisa. Thanks for having me. We'll be right back, folks. Don't go anywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, we're in a war against the globalist, and people can't identify who's a patriot and who isn't. We want to identify as pro-human and anti-globalist. We want to let people know we're 1776 Part 2. That's why I designed this amazing 1776 red, white, and blue Gadsden flag shirt so you can support the info war and meet like-minded people everywhere when you wear it. When you wear these shirts, it creates an amazing amount of energy, and it's quite the adventure. So get your 1776 shirt right now at InfoWarsStore.com and get your Team Humanity InfoWars limited edition shirt right now at InfoWarsStore.com. Ladies and gentlemen, this is antithetical, the complete opposite of what the globalists are pushing. So get both the Team Humanity and the 1776 Gadsden Snake shirts limited edition at InfoWarsStore.com right now. Spread the word, meet like-minded people, and fund the 1776 revolution worldwide. <laughs> 